0: Hi everyone, this is Jen. And this is Dom. And you're listening to 99% chance of Wine and Murder. And murder. <laughs> Welcome back everybody. Thanks for listening to episode two and thank you so much to everybody who's supported episode one so far. Yeah, we've actually got
1: a lot of support from yeah. all our family and friends and people we've never met.
0: We've gotten a lot of good feedback. Yeah, we really appreciate any feedback we've been given and you know, we're gonna do our best to change a few things and Keep you all interested in all of the murder talk? Yeah, I mean, all we can do is keep
1: improving
0: and doing what we love, which is talking about murder. (laughs) We are not drinking wine today, though, we should say. We're we're a little bit uh, hungover from Thanksgiving dinner last night and still so full. Thanksgiving definitely got us this year. Yes, it did.
1: But we hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving with their family. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
0: We hope you have filled your bellies up with lots of food and pumpkin pie and. I love pumpkin pie. Me too. So good.
1: And apple crisp. (laughs) (laughs) I ate both. We (laughs) ate all of those last night. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so should we get started today, Jen? We should. We should. Are you going first or am I? I think it's your Mm -hmm. turn. Alright, um, so I'm actually covering the story of Toronto Scarborough's crossbow killer, also known as the Bearded Bandit Robber. He His name is Brett Ryan. He started out by being a normal guy. Nothing wrong with him. Everybody loved him. Uh, but he found himself in some debt and started robbing some banks in his area in Scarborough. He, he ended up actually dealing quite a bit of money and on October 20th he robbed his first bank which was the CIBC on Kingston Road. Um, It was only eight minutes from his house so he was pretty ballsy right from the start and never thought he was gonna get caught apparently but he did rob quite a few banks. He stole quite a bit of money and he got arrested eventually because they tracked his car back to his house and we're waiting outside of one of the banks one day when he was about to rob it so i mean he kind he really, of got, he got too cocky yeah he really fucked himself on that yeah, i mean good. he shouldn't have gone to that bank that day he maybe could have you know got somewhere a moolah in there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so he actually got sentenced to five years in prison for this But he never ended up serving even half the time because with time served for seven months waiting on parole um, he got out just after a year of being in jail for stealing so much money. Um, And yeah. He went on to kind of, you know, not have such a successful life. Not what he was thinking. And he basically had to live with his mom for a little bit and then he finally got introduced to his fiance Kristen who was a physiotherapist and they had a really good life they were definitely he seemed like he was on the right track going to school he got a job um they all celebrated but then they he realized a couple days later he was actually already getting fired because his boss found out about his previous bank robbers
0: i mean you think they checked that first you know.
1: <laughs> i mean yeah like um they definitely did not <laughs> and then uh he decided to do the unthinkable and lied to everyone in his life that he still had this job but that he was working yeah. from home um i mean i i do understand why he did it it would be pretty embarrassing but at the same time I mean... Tell your fiancé that you don't have a job anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, she's going to notice when there's no money coming in. Well, when you can't
1: pay for the wedding that's right around the corner,
0: (laughs) I mean, you're pretty fucked. Yeah, you definitely are.
1: So after a, a while of playing this charade of still having this job, he actually had finally admitted to his mother that... You know, he wasn't working, he's really depressed, he's not making any money, and that he couldn't tell his fiance. And she basically gave him an ultimatum to be like you either tell your fiance or I tell your fiance. Yeah. And he was very upset by this. He basically decided on his way out the door that he was gonna kill his mother that day. Hmm. Yeah. Premeditated. Yeah. I mean he was very that's that's not Not right. No, no. (laughs) He shouldn't have done that. No. So he devised these really cool mechanisms. He actually set up his own alibi. He basically created all these traps in his house to make an electronic footprint so that even when he was murdering them, it would look like he's at home so nobody could prove otherwise. And it was kind of crazy. He rigged up a laptop and a wooden spoon and a fan And when this timer went off, the fan would go and hit the wooden spoon on the enter key and press this thing on YouTube, so it would make it look like he was home. And he had a bunch of pre... that is like... Yeah, it's really smart. Yeah. (laughs) He had a bunch of um, text set up to, like, pre-send to people, like... Saying, like, how thankful he was for this, or he, he was thanking them for whatever he was doing, and just all these different versions to just have him at home so that nobody could say he wasn't there. That's crazy. I mean, it's really smart. So, he went over to his mom's one day, and he, he had been helping her with some, like, furnishings in her house, and he decided that, you know, he was just going to talk to his mom. He didn't want to kill her if he didn't have to, but then the argument got pretty heated and he marched out to the garage after his
0: mom called his older brother. Hey everyone, we're (laughs) by a fire station so sorry about that. It's it's a little loud, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So he
1: marched out to the garage and he was getting his crossbow ready to kill her and instead he ended up just stabbing her in the cheek and the face and multiple other places with the crossbow because he couldn't get it loaded in time. Yeah. So I mean it was pretty brutal. He actually, once she fell to the ground, he strangled her and hid her behind all the flooring that he had ripped up previously for her as a good son. But now he's the bad son.
0: Just just a lot.
1: Yeah. There's just a lot of sirens right now. Must be someone else getting murdered, I
0: guess. Maybe someone got murdered. Yeah. Hopefully not though. I mean, yeah, it would just be something else for us to report on, though. That's true, that's true. We don't want people to get murdered,
1: though. (laughs) Just so we're clear. So, yeah, then his brother Chris, um, his older brother Chris, actually ended up showing at the house, and he was already ready for Chris. When Chris got there, he actually just stabbed him. He had the crossbow go right through his neck and mouth, killing him instantaneously. So, I mean, in a way, it's good, because his brother never had... The betrayal of what was actually going on if he died so fast but at the same time super sad that he killed his brother and it just gets worse because he actually had two other brothers um he actually mm-hmm. <laughs> crossed paths with them in the walkway outside of the house and he proceeded to also stab this brother as well And this brother was named Alexander. So he was 29 years old and he just died in his driveway because his brother was an asshole, basically. And at this point, Lee, their other brother, woke up because he heard the commotion and he went outside to see what was going on. Uh, A huge fight in pursuit. They were going all throughout the house. He was trying to stab Lee. Uh, basically, kill him as well, but Lee happened to get away and he ran next to the neighbor's house. He got there, said that his brother was dying and that his other brother had killed all his family, so and then he fainted. Wow, yeah, so I mean, he must have been in pretty big shock. But the neighbor called the cops um, when they got there. Uh, Brett was just sitting on the steps with a bottle of water and admitted to everything right away. What the? F- Yeah, he didn't even try to hide it or, like, pretend that he was a victim as well. Nothing. That's crazy. And what's even crazier is that he didn't set up any of his alibi mechanisms, so he really didn't plan on killing anybody that day, and he really fucked himself by not just setting it up just in case. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, he got actually sentenced to... He pleaded guilty to second-degree murder for his mother, Susan, who was 66, Second-degree murder for Alexander, his brother, who was 29. First-degree murder for his uh, brother, Christopher, who was 42. And then he pleaded guilty to attempted murder for
0: Lee, who was 38. So, so he, like, planned to kill, like, his mom and his brother, because his bro- he knew his brother was coming over, but the other two were just kind of, like, Just a there, yeah.
1: I mean, really, the whole time, it was only supposed to be just his mother. Yeah, but then she he knew that she but, called... His other
0: brother. His other brother, so he like
1: Which is really sad because a whole entire family died because of his web of lies. That's insane. I know. And it's just money. Like I'm sure if his fiance loved him enough, she would be like, You'll find another job. It's okay. You know, and if she didn't, fuck her. Like (laughs) you don't want to be with somebody like that. You don't wanna be with her. So yeah money and love can really turn people into murderers murderers it's really crazy because i mean both can be found later in life they don't have to be right then and there if you're poor then you can make more money yeah just like
0: find a different job yeah i don't care about your bank robbery yeah
1: I mean, that's probably that's probably said hard. Than done, but,
0: I mean, it's probably taking
1: your bank robbery status to a murder status—that's pretty big step.
0: Not even just yeah, one murder. Yeah, I mean, murder. no <laughs> kidding. Like, it's not like he like hurt anybody while he was doing his bank robberies. It's, yeah, and then all of a sudden he's like, mm, I think I'm gonna murder somebody today. Not even just
1: one person. Three
0: people. Also, my mother. I'm gonna murder my mother. <sighs> people, I fucking tell you.
1: So, Jen. Let's hear your story
0: today. I found it. You did. I did. She, uh, she brought the wrong murder story I to tell <laughs> us today. <laughs> it's okay. I found the story on my phone so I, I don't forget any details. I want to hear it all. Is, um, is this my favorite murder, Jen? It might be. It might be your favorite murder. My friend Lindsay uh, reminded me of this murder because she grew up in Medicine Hat. Um, so it's uh, Jeremy Steinke. It's my favorite murder. <laughs> I picked time. the right one.
1: I did a book report on this in grade ten because it fascinated me so much.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. You're gonna be so excited. So I knew, like, I knew about this. Obviously, everybody heard about this. But there's like some details that I didn't, I didn't know, yeah. which was like cool to find out. Mm. Well, not cool, I guess, but interesting. Interesting. Um. So in April of 2006, in Medicine Hat, everyone in Jasmine Richardson's family was killed except, um, her. So it was, like, her parents and her eight-year-old brother. Which is the worst. Yeah. Like, the eight-year-old brother really got me. Yeah, and, I mean, she was only 12 years old at the time, and Jeremy Sankey was 23. And they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. Which is so fucked up. I mean, what does a 23-year-old want with a 12-year-old? That's so... It's so gross. It's disturbing. Like, oh my god. I was just, like, that's just Blown away. Um... So, they ended up, you know, they ended up being charged, obviously, and Jasmine Richardson was charged with three counts of first-degree murder, and she was the youngest person convicted of multiple counts of murders in, in Canada's history. That's insane. But, I mean, because she was a kid at the time, like, she was 12 years old, so she, the maximum sentence for a youth at that time was, it's 10 years. So, she's, like, she's not in prison She's already anymore. out. Yeah, so in 2016, she got released from oh, prison. Fuck. That's scary to think that, like, in our own community, because we do live
1: pretty close to Medicine Hat, she could be here. Oh, I know, exactly. I know. She, I don't know. And, like, how do you rehabilitate somebody from that?
0: Yeah, I mean, she didn't, I mean, she planned the murders with Jeremy, but, like, he's the one who... He executed them. Yeah, but I, at the same time, you know, she was, she knew full well what was going on. I I mean, I guess she could have, she's still very young, though. You could be really easily influenced by someone... Who's that much older than you, who is, you know, in a way brainwashing you into right. thinking, like, you guys are in love, and... Right. But there's no way, I don't know, there's no way she could have been, like, madly in love with someone at... Twelve years old. Twelve years old. Just, it was, like, the idea of it. Yeah, for sure. And this older man... Who's weird. ...liked her. I don't know, I guess they met at a punk rock show. Um before she met him though she was described as a happy and social girl She was like really popular in school and um but that changed once they met and you know i mean he's 11 years older than her she, right and then she was instantly taken with his goth lifestyle oh, and she even became a member of the website vampirefreaks.com right and then she like would wear dark makeup and dark clothes and stuff and which then, i'm sure her
1: parents loved
0: Yeah, and I mean, she had a pretty good upbringing, like, her family was always really, really close, um, his wasn't so much, um, his mom was an alcoholic, and her boyfriend abused him. That's pretty sad. Yeah, and so, and I guess kids at school, like, he was bullied pretty badly, um, and so he had already attempted suicide before.
1: Oh, by 23? Yeah, before he had, like, met
0: Jasmine. Um... So, at 13 is when he really developed an elaborate persona. Um, he would wear a vial of blood around his neck, claiming it to be, like, 300-year-old werewolf blood. Which is, like, freaky, because, like, where did he get the blood? Where, what, what blood is this? Like, whose blood is that for <laughs> real, though? Is it, did you just drain some of your own blood out of you? Like, what happened here? Did you kill your an animal? Like, exactly. What's going on here? And then, obviously, when Jasmine's parents found out about the relationship, they, you know... Told her she couldn't see him Who anymore. wants their twelve-year-old dating a f- person like that? I would be livid. I yeah, mean, like there's no way like you're ever leaving my I house mean, again. I am twenty-three, and if I had a kid, I would still be like, yeah, that's no. yeah, no, exactly. Um, but they were in love, so they started um con- contacting each other over email because their parents were like really like monitored monitoring her and like wouldn't let her like go out without like, other, like, parents being there and stuff like that. Right. So she didn't really get to see him anymore. And I guess he wrote, um, on a blogging pl- platform on April 3rd, the murders took place on, I believe, April 23rd. So he wrote, um, payment. My lover's rents are totally unfair. They say they really care. They don't know what is going on, they just assume. Their throats I want to slit. Finally there shall be silence. Their blood shall be my payment. Wow so that's alarming. I mean that's for sure a threat. Oh it absolutely is a threat and I mean obviously he was premeditating to kill them at this point. Yeah well and I guess um according to the police records um Jasmine is the first one that proposed the plan but I think may- I think maybe she proposed it not thinking that they would actually go through with that it. they would actually go you know and she said to him in an email she said it begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you Ugh. yeah and he's and then he wrote back and said well I love your plan but we need to be a little bit more creative with like details and stuff
1: so obviously he was pretty serious about it
0: yeah so I mean he took that as like yeah let's kill your parents and then we can be together um so I don't think his mental state was great at that time either I mean you're dating a 12 year old so it can't be And with that kind of upbringing, he was probably never fully developed properly anyways. Well, no, exactly. Um, I guess she had told her family, or her friends about killing her family, um, but they just—they honestly just thought she was joking. Right,
1: because who at 12 years old is going to kill their entire family? Yeah, I
0: mean, like, when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, I just wish my parents were dead, you know, like, people say that, and Yeah,
1: like, I want to do whatever the fuck I want, I wish I didn't have parents, I wish I was older. That's normal, but, like... To kill
0: them? Yeah, I mean, that's taking <laughs> mm-hmm. it to a whole other level. So I guess the night before the murders, um, they hung out without her parents' knowledge, and they watched Natural Born Killers. Which I don't know what that is. I should probably watch it. Dom, it's a movie. About killers? About Natural Born Killers. <laughs> okay, so I should I should watch it. You should watch it. It's a good movie. Um... And then the next day, they they followed through with their massacre, so um, on April 23rd. So, I guess um, the morning after, uh, her brother's friend uh, came over to the house to play, Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess he, like, rang the doorbell, and no one came to the door, so he kind of, like, looked through a window, and he saw someone lying on the floor, so he ran home and told his mom, who then called police. Um, So when they arrived on the scene, they looked into the basement window and they saw at least, like, one person lying on the ground. They just, like, couldn't tell who it was. Right. Um, So then, I guess, this officer called for backup. Um, So they thought, just thinking they would be able to save someone in the house, so they obviously, like, grounds for going in. Yeah, they broke down the door kind of thing and went in, but there was, like, nobody was alive. So Mark Richardson and Deborah Richardson and their eight-year-old son had all been brutally murdered. And then, at that time, the police didn't know, obviously, what had happened, but they know, knew that the 12-year-old daughter was missing. Right. So thinking And maybe she was stolen. And the, the, the first officer on scene was even said, like, it wasn't even in the realm of possibility that she was accused at that time. Like, they didn't... Right. ...obviously think that this 12-year-old killed her family. That's insane. So, the police then started piecing the events together. Um, And so they found out that Deborah was killed first, after being stabbed at least a dozen times. Mark fought back with a screwdriver, but was also stabbed to death as well. Wow. And both, uh, yeah, both parents were found in the basement, so they must have, you know, been, like, watching TV or something Right. So then upstairs in the blood-soaked bed, they found the eight-year-old boy, and he had his throat slashed. That's so sad. So, at that time, I mean, they thought Jasmine was a victim too and she was nowhere to be found so she must have been stolen. Yeah, so they yeah, they thought she was kidnapped or so, or something. So they sent out an Amber Alert um and then they said in a statement that they were searching for the Richardson daughter regarding a serious family matter.
1: Cuz why would they want to publish what they they're actually They didn't want to release yeah. that, yet,
0: yeah. But then after the police started in Finding evidence uh, in her room and her locker, they realized that she was in fact a suspect because there was just
1: could you imagine so many like, emails that would be talking about it such a revelation to realize in that situation.
0: And you're like, this twelve-year-old just plotted to kill her family. Like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> what happened to her? <laughs> Yeah, so then a trail of evidence, because they talked about it so many times in their email, um, led police to where they actually were, because they talked about where they were going to go Oh after. my god. Idiot. How stupid could you be? So they were tracked down and arrested in Steinke's truck. Um, yeah, so I guess he had killed her parents uh, while she hung out with her brother upstairs in his Aww. room to kind of like keep him calm and stuff, and like obviously he didn't understand what was going on. Um, so, witnesses uh, who testified that the two had admitted to the murders, one witness recounted Steinke saying that the victims had been gutted like fish. Ew. So,
1: that's. I think my thing is, like, brutal. I have siblings, and to, like, ever inflict any pain on them, like, I could never imagine doing oh. that. In fact, I would probably murder the person who was inflicting pain on them. Yeah,
0: well, exactly. Like,
1: there'd be no way that somebody would get through me to them.
0: So in 2007 is when the trial started, Um, and at the time she was only identified as Jr. because she was obviously, yeah, she was underage, so they couldn't actually say. She said that she had uh, hypothetical conversations about killing her family, but that they she didn't intend on actually going through with it. How do you
1: know? Like, how do you know she didn't? That's hard to
0: say because I mean, yeah, you talked about it. And he said, okay, I'm going to do it. And you're upstairs with your brother in his bedroom while your boyfriend kills your right. parents. I I don't... I mean, I I mean, I guess she could have been easily influenced by him because she was 12 years old. But, I mean, at the same time... And could you imagine what was
1: going through the parents' head during this? Like, yeah. holy fuck, this asshole is in my house who dates my daughter. Yeah. And he's trying to kill me. So they're probably worried about... their daughter their lives well yeah because they
0: don't they don't they probably didn't think that their daughter wanted to kill them she was probably mad at them but not to kill them right so i mean she like i said before she ended up being found guilty for three counts of first degree murder and given the maximum sentence um i guess so i guess she spent six years in jail followed by four years of supervision in the community so she was creepy Right. So she was 13 at the time that she was convicted. So I mean, she's fully released, like like no supervision, nothing. She's just out there.
1: But like, can you ever really trust somebody to become normal again?
0: Like, I don't know. Like, how do you start a conversation? If I find with, out she like, was my neighbor, you're dating someone because I mean, she's what 23, 24 now. Yeah, she'd be around my age. Yeah. You're like dating someone, and you're like, yeah, so I killed my family. Like, now she's gonna have kids? Is
1: she gonna kill them? Like,
0: exactly. So, I guess in 2008, Jeremy was convicted as well um, on three counts of first degree murder, and he was 25 at the time of the conviction, and he was sentenced to life in prison without parole for 25 years, which is fucking stupid. Yeah. Life in prison with no parole would be justifiable. The better sentence here. Yeah. Because in 25 years, like, yeah, I mean, he's going to be in his 40s from the time that he committed the murders, right? Right. Um, I guess they exchanged letters while they were both in what? jail promising to marry each other. That's true. Totally and not right. one of the letters expressed remorse or guilt for for any of the murders. So why
1: was she even let out to begin with? If she can't express remorse for the murders, she
0: should never have been let out. Oh, no, I completely agree with you. Um, so, I guess she underwent extensive rehabilitation and treatment um, after she was sentenced. Um, so, I guess psychiatric assessments revealed that she was diagnosed with conduct disorder and an oppositional deficient disorder. Okay. Um, in 2016, uh, a year younger than her partner in crime, when they committed the murder, she was mm-hmm. freed from the criminal justice system, which I said. So, she has no, like, she's there's nothing following her now. Um, so, using reports from... Richardson's probation officer, the judge, um said, You've indicated through your conduct you have a desire to atone for what you did. Clearly you cannot undo the past. You can only live each day with the knowledge that you can control how you behave. I mean, okay. Yeah, I I I, <laughs> guess. I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know how you can move on with your life after doing that to your
1: well, not only, but like, what if she meets a guy? She's gonna have to explain why she doesn't have parents and her brother. Yeah, oh, and then they're gonna be like, "Holy fuck! You were that crazy bitch I heard about in the news." <laughs> exactly.
0: I wonder. Like, I'm wonder if she like changed her
1: name and stuff. She must have. She, I There's would've. no way she could go around in public without changing her name.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that is my murder. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I just have to say from episode one. I accidentally did give away how old I was, because I said, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, and then all of a sudden, when I first started talking about my murder, I said it happened in 1989, and I was only two years old at the time. So everyone, I'm 31! (laughs) She's 23. (laughs) See, I am a lot older than
1: Dom. (laughs) It's okay, we just have a lot of the same passions. Best friends, y'all. Best friends! We drink all the wine, except for today, because we drank it all yesterday, and... We We can't stomach it today. We are not having any more wine today. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate all the support. And remember, always keep your wine glasses full. And don't get murdered. Bye. Bye. Bye.